This is preambling, where we turn our useless banter into a whole show so we can cut the fat from our normal episode. In this episode, we talk about stuff we find in our pipes as fathers, how nuance isn't allowed in war, righteous versus rational choices, why Canada should invade Iceland, devotional practices, Ioan Cap's new fiction reading list, Drosselmeyer's love and revenge, and how we've adjusted our views on certain political and religious matters in the last year. Let's begin. Hello, grace and peace. We're taking anarchy to church here in the Anarchist Bible Study. I'm Josh, a.k.a. Ioan Cap. And I'm Jeff Park, a.k.a. the consistent, coherent Canuck. <laughs> well, we'll see. Uh... <laughs> oh boy that's for me to judge park (laughs) i could call myself the infallible iowa cat but that feels even worse so (laughs) yeah no i i thought i thought of a couple like that and i'm like you know what let's steer clear of those and just go with consistent coherent it's fine (laughs) okay before we get into anything real i have to tell you what happened when I went to the bathroom before we came in to record this. Okay. So I'm about to go to the bathroom. Uh, and I look very down. <laughs> very current of it. Uh, I look down into the toilet and I see something shiny. So I'm glad I did this before I started. <laughs> but I have to reach down <laughs> yeah. in there. And it's one of those little magnetic balls from like, there's like a, this little magnet ball. Like you, you stick things together and thing that our boys play with and just sitting there at the bottom of my toilet because where else would it be i'll tell you what life with four boys is one long adventure in what am i gonna find at the bottom of my pipes today (laughs) (laughs) just our our sink is clogged right now and who knows what toy is the, at the bottom of that pipe and our, our periodically we have to reach into the uh, or pull off the wall on our shower drain so that we can pull some race car that's down the drain of our bathtub and it's my goodness the, i was expecting the breaking of couches which we did we do that as well uh, I was expecting the toys on the floor. I was not expecting how many things I was going to find in my in my pipes. <sighs> the 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 fun adventures of parenting. I'll tell you. <laughs> oh boy! My my fourteen month old did did a runner with a pop can, um, and uh, and uh, runs to a vent pops open the vent throws throws the can down the vent replaces the the vent cover and books it again it looked like it looked like he was attacking a pillbox and throwing in a grenade and gone um and 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 i'm saying this halfway to remind myself at some time other than when i'm sitting in the washroom and the vent turns on and i hear a can uh, it's bubbling up in the vent um, which is an inconvenient time for me to deal with that. Uh, maybe <laughs> when I see this episode will be a more convenient time for me to remember that and reach down into my vents and grab grab the pop can. Note uh, to future <laughs> Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> and if not, note, 
note to Jeff's wife when she catches up in about a month. Um, and she sees <laughs> if I haven't taken care of it by then. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and then she'll go, hey, did you ever get around to that can that went down our vent? Ah, excellent point. Right on it. That seems more likely. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this, this is what's going to happen. Uh, <laughs> oh, my goodness. So um, we are preambling. This is uh, we, this is where we share, uh, you know, prayer requests and current events. And I it's mean, totally not gossip right before right. the Bible study. This is, this is probably the most preambling, the most ambling, but probably the most preambling, preambling we've ever done. We amble around <laughs> while we pre. Um, current events. We uh, apparently are at war. Um, that you're not allowed and you're not allowed to have a nuanced take on the war. Um, if you are not waving a Ukrainian flag at every hour of the day and celebrating the the destruction of the Russian people in some weird attempt to get at Putin, you are uh, a traitor to America. I'm having real Iraq war vibes right now. Uh, it, it's 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 amazing how often they go to the same well and how often they get away which, with it. Which one? is about what I was about to say. <laughs> Rich Iraq war vibes. <laughs> well, the one I'm more aware, I'm more uh, cognizant of is the, the 2003 uh, one. <laughs> yeah. And what's ironic is back then I was the one calling anyone against the war a traitor. Um, I myself ate my fair number of freedom fries. But, but, um, then, but then by Iraq war three, you, uh, <laughs> you, were, <laughs> you were on the right side, right? <laughs> yeah. What? What's wild to me is like, again, like that no one stops and, you know, like is that meme of, you know, the Joey from Friends meme where he's smiling then all of a sudden he goes, like the yeah. whole, like they're cutting off all of these uh, resources to the Russian people. They could do that to you. Like no one, like is, is what's wild is like, um, again, again, like I, I'm not, apparently I'm not allowed to feel sorry for Russian commoners. Like I'm not allowed to be like, you know, you're, you know. Putin's going to be fine, right? You know that he has access to the whole country's goods. Like he is in charge. He's going to be fine. And like right. and like people think for some reason we're going to shut off all of their financial uh abilities. We're going to shut off the common people's ability to get to their own money, the ability to get to uh resources, and we think that at the end of this they're going to say I I bet the US are the good guys. The people cutting us off to our res our finances and our resources. I bet they're the good guys. That's this is gonna make them love. They're gonna be like, "Thank you, Joe Biden, for cutting me off from my money and my resources. Thank you. Could you could you spank me harder, Daddy?" <laughs> uh, this is this is that well known saying: "Cut off the tail of the snake, and the head will give up." That's, that's right, uh, right. That's <laughs> uh, and we're not allowed to talk about whether or not like i i man scott horton's speech at um the what is it, the utah convention libertarian convention so. that was so good um i listened to it on uh, well what's funny is i had it pulled up like i was gonna listen to it later and then i listened to it at then i found out that tom woods put the whole thing on his on podcast YouTube. which is on spotify which i can watch it three times booyah uh so three times speed. I so I did listen to it on Tom Woods's podcast, and it's so good. He he nails that perfect line between not praising 
or letting Russia and Putin off the hook. Along right. with uh, saying, but we had a lot to do with this. And, and I, the thing is, like, he kept he kept saying this phrase. That doesn't make it, what is it, uh, reasonable? It's uh, it's not reasonable, but it's rational. And I was like, eh, I'm, I'm wanting to quibble. Like, I've got too much Latin in me to be like, ah, they're, they're the same word, <laughs> man. Um, what I wish he had said something more like it's not, like, if I'm, I'm not thinking, if I'm phrasing that, I would say it's not righteous, but it's rational. Like, and and I think that that's really how I would say it. It's like Putin's response isn't righteous, but it's rational. He's not being irrational. He's but he's he's being unrighteous. And so, like, this is the wild thing that, like, apparently, you're not allowed to do in this comic book world. And, you know, like, you know, not like me to criticize comic books, but in this this world where there has to be clearly delineated good guys and bad guys, you cannot at any point. Okay, let's go there. You cannot at any point ask. Did Hitler have some justifications for what some of the things he did or said? You're not allowed to even ask that question. Not not was he justified in rounding up and exterminating and uh torturing the jewish people he obviously was not no he could not do that but you can never ask like was germany really stomped on at the end of world war one like did he have some reason to maybe be a little suspicious of of certain outsiders that had undue influence in his society now, did he go so far? Does that make him righteous? No, 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 no. I'm fully convinced that he is currently um, under the wrath of God in hell. But you, can, but you're you're not allowed to ever ask like, do this world is gray? The world is gray. It's full of people. Yes, evil people tainted by sin who sometimes uh who have even if we don't understand them, rationalizations for what they do. Like, I don't think anyone ever thinks they're the bad guy. And and so we're not allowed to even ask, like, are, are, are there some rational reasons why this person is doing this? And of course, I'm not comparing Putin to Hitler, unlike certain people. Uh, but but I don't think... He's no like I don't think he's he's that level of of evil. But even then, he's doing evil things. But does the question is does he have somewhat rational reason to do it? And we have to say yes. And most of those rational things have to do with United States aggression and and, and NATO aggression. But you know, at this point, NATO is just the U.S. by proxy. Um. It, it's, it's, but what's interesting is that Patrick uh, makes the joke in the chat. Thanos did nothing wrong. But th what's funny is we are allowed to ask whether or not Thanos had right. rational justifications for the evil he did, but not real life people. Like we're allowed to have sympathy for fake devils, not for real ones. Um, it, and of course, because we aren't allowed to ask these questions, we will never learn from them. And that's just tragedy. Um, yeah. So, so that Scott Horton speech was to 
the Libertarian Party of Utah and Mises Caucus, it says on okay. on his own website. It's uh um it's does he not number his episodes? Um it's it's the it's the February 26th episode of his show. Uh it is episode number I just had it up. Uh 2078. 2078 of the Tom Wood show. Um, so, which is also how I heard it because I'm also way behind yeah. on Scott Horton. <laughs> well, I, I actually just saw it posted on, um, I forget where someone had made, just posted it and I, I had kind of pulled it up to watch it later. Then I saw it was on Tom Woods and I was like, Oh no, I'm going to do it this, do it this way. Um, but yeah. Uh, anyway, um, any other current events? Well, I I will say there might be an upside. Um, okay. It uh it uh, it appears now that uh, CNN, Pornhub, and OnlyFans are all pulling out of of uh, being available in Russia. Um, so my foreign policy has changed entirely. I'm now pro-war. I believe that Canada should <laughs> invade Iceland, um, and uh, uh, and and I think that would be better for our society, uh, especially since I I believe uh, MindGeek, the uh, the parent company of Pornhub, is located in Canada. Um, it might, it I mean, if we play this right, it might just poof them out of existence entirely, <laughs> which would be uh, which would be fantastic. Man, or or <clears throat> or I would say, but but here's the thing though. No matter how many nations the United States invades, we can't seem to get cut off from those things. So <laughs> it's not foolproof. <laughs> yeah, somehow, yeah, somehow, uh, CNN has not pulled out of the United States, uh, despite how many nations we're invading. But um, yeah, so I really thought Grenada would have done it. <laughs> well you know um so <laughs> one thing that we thought about would be kind of cool uh, before we started adding other things to our preambling uh topics um one thing that you discuss when you are at a bible study which this is a bible study uh is so how is your walk with the lord and what have you been doing wow. to right. to facilitate that walk with the lord and so we thought one one fun thing we might uh might be good, cool to talk about is like so jeff what are your um daily devotional practices um in addition to exegeting thousands of scriptures for the anarchist bible study <laughs> yes thousands per decade thousands um, <laughs> yeah um uh, so i uh, so yes okay Apart from anything I'm working on for church or for a writing project or 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 for the podcast, when we get around to actually studying the Bible here, um, it is <laughs> um, so uh, so apart from uh, apart from any of those, um, I I try to. Um, read a proverb and a psalm uh before my first meeting mm. um 
if if I don't have a meeting early, then sometimes I'll actually skip that and just go to the book of the Bible I'm studying. But I I find it's very easy for me to when I'm still sort of rolling out of bed and groggy in the morning, it's very easy for me to tell myself that I don't remember where I am in in, in my study. Whereas um, for a proverb or a psalm, the proverb is the day of the month. The the no. psalm is either the day of the month or the day of the month plus 30 or plus 60 or plus 90, depending yeah. on. Um, and, and I just do it that way. Um, do you do um, a straight through reading or do you do like the you have five options to read today? Um, way of doing the, the Psalms. With the psalm, with the psalms, it's always the same. I, I do it the same so that I um now okay. and then and then and then I I skip one nineteen and do it by itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll get through I'll get through Psalm one nineteen in a month. Yeah. Um yeah. also. Um and then um and uh because it's not every it's not every day, it's not every day that I do this anyway. Because some days I don't have a meeting right away and I, and I can just get into the, but if I'm, if I'm pressed for time, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm needing to do a little study while I'm still tired, I want to just get into a proverb, get into a Psalm right away to make sure that there's no way I don't, I don't go a day without reading the Bible. Um, and, uh, um, and then the vast majority of the days I come back and work on whatever the book of, of the Bible is that I'm, that I'm studying a little more slowly. And, or sometimes it's more slowly. Sometimes, sometimes I'm trying to get a good feel for the whole narrative of a book. So I'll read all the way through Genesis a couple of times in a month or something like that. But, um, and make sure to stop at different places every time. So I'm not, mm -hmm. <laughs> only yeah. thinking of it in yeah. blocks um yeah um but uh but a lot of times that's something i'm working through a little more slowly um especially if i'm in an epistle um and uh which revelation we have argued counts as um and uh uh and so uh so yeah someday some days i'll I'll just have that, but I I think the the most important thing is and I've said I think I've said this on the podcast. Um, reading the Bible every day since I was six is much more valuable than having gone to seminary, and it's not even close. <laughs> um, it, like I I think seminary was immensely valuable. I, I, I'm I'm probably a little more pro seminary than you were. I didn't finish. You did. Maybe that's the difference. Um, but uh, <laughs> I'm pro the concept of but, seminary. Sure. And I think I modern think there aren't a lot of good modern seminaries, and so we need to look for other uh, alternatives. Right. <laughs> and, and I do think I do think that I do think that the concept of seminary, the the best parts of seminary, um, should be done within a small collective of local churches, especially in big cities like mine. In, in it, um, well, I say in big cities like mine, but if you've, um, if you've got 57 Baptist churches 
within 50 miles of each other in rural like Arkansas, rural Iowa, rural Mississippi, then you're in the same position that I'm in or, or a slightly yeah. better one. Um, uh, and so, uh, so I think it should be able to be done by um, a, a group of local churches getting together and saying, mm-hmm. okay, we're going to, we're going to train up our elders together like yeah. this. Um, and, but anyways, but that's a, that's a side note. We're talking about, uh, we'll, we'll pen that for a later about, conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. We're, we'll, we're talking about Bible study disciplines. So, uh, so to me, the most important thing is that I get some of the word and it's less, imp- um, it's less important whether I, um, get exactly what I would have mm-hmm. wanted to get done in a day. Um, the most important thing is I've got to get something. I've got to be soaking myself in the word all the time. And so if all else fails, and the other way I've tricked myself into, into not missing time in the word is that, um, uh, sometimes I, a, a couple of years in a row, my yearly reading plan was starting with the, starting with the shortest book books of the Bible and working backwards into the longest books of the Bible, just huh. because when you run off Jude, third John, James, I, I, that might not even be in order, but when you run off a bunch of books in the Bible in order that way, um, you, you feel like, you feel like, Oh, I can do this. I'm blazing through books of the Bible, man. This is, and, and, and so you can, you can kind of, you can kind of con yourself into believing you're good at this. Um, mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and sometimes, sometimes I need that kind of a, kind of a kickstart to get into a discipline that looks humongous. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, especially I I've, I've never been all that good at the reading through the Bible in a year um, stuff because, because it seems so daunting. Whereas, whereas <clears throat> if I'm really obsessed with something, I can, I can, I can read through Genesis multiple times in a month. Like I can, yeah. you know, which is a lot harder than reading through the Bible in a year. Um, so, so I, I kind of, I kind of just have to, um, I kind of just have to, uh, because the devil doesn't want you to be consistently reading the Bible. Right. And, and, and he's smarter than you and he yeah. has, he he has schemes <laughs> to yeah. prevent you from getting to it. So so you have to. I have. I'll speak for myself. <laughs> I have to very simplistically trick myself into the reading into reading right. the Bible right. to keep up with it. That's nice. So so how do you pick? How do you pick which book of the Bible you're going to study? Well, it, I I go by I go by what I'm motivated by right now and sometimes it will oh. be because sometimes it will be because i've seen a connection and i mm. and i but uh seen a connection between song song of songs and revelation and i want to mm. play that out and see see how much there is to it um and and so i'm i'm reading them both side by side back and forth or or something like that and mm. and that's um uh that's a lot of the times what 
what keeps me excited sure. about sure. and and so um so for the main for for the main passages i'm working on it's just and i try to make sure i get to different parts of the scriptures um and okay. and and again, sometimes trick myself into being excited about a part of scripture that I haven't been to in a while, uh, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and, yeah. um, and so, um, and sometimes, um, sometimes I do have to teach on it to trick myself into being excited about it. Mm -hmm. Um, um, but, uh, and, and that usually works by the way, um, but, uh, um, but yeah, there's, a um, and then. But then, but then if I'm getting up and I just, I have to read something before a meeting starts at six or seven in the morning, then, um, then I'm just reading a proverb and a Psalm and, right. and, and getting, getting, getting some scripture into my veins quickly before sure. I have to start being a human. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like that. That's cool. Um, uh, for me, this has been my um like for me the reason I don't like uh Bible and year plans is because I am the exegetical equivalent of a dog with a bone. I the, my problem is always I will never get through the reading that I need to get through without finding something that I want to stop on. Yep. And just like <laughs> dig into it. And I'm sure or, the are Stunned to hear this about both of us. <laughs> by the way, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure shocked. Um, or, or, in order to cover as much ground as possible, I have to check out. So I'm really just glancing my eyes over the words, and then I get to the end of the chapter. I'm like, well, I can cross this off today's list, but I really didn't read it. Yeah. Um, and so I, I've my big the big reason I don't encourage Bible near plans is because, um because it they die so quickly and like if you fall a week behind everyone like every bible plan stops when you fall a week behind or a few days behind and uh, i'm much more a fan of read the bible in 365 days plans which means if you miss tuesday well that's okay because you're going on to day three not today wednesday or not, not to tuesday you know like like you um uh, you you want to like I I like those kind of plans, um, and so I've done a few of those in my life. But um, <clears throat> what I have found covers both because I mean I don't want to be overly intellectual, but also I don't want to be overly. Um, I, I want to hit the right balance between thinking about a passage and praying the passage because a big thing I have as I, I, I realized if I don't prioritize prayer, I will become, I won't pray. Well, I'll just say it that way. I won't pray. If I don't prioritize prayer, I won't pray. Um, I can get to Bible reading on the way to praying. Uh, but I, um, I have to prioritize prayer and I, I picked up the book um, praying the Bible by Don Whitney um, a few, a couple years back. And that just changed my whole prayer life around like, well, first, first thing that changed my prayer life was studying the catechism 
the Keach Catechism on prayer. And it, it made me, um, it opened my eyes to the bigness of prayer. Like, I think for so long, I was thinking so much about prayers. Like, um, yeah, technically I got to do it, but don't expect too much from it. Like I was just such a, um, <clears throat> I prayed such weak prayers and, 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 um, the bigness of prayer is held out by the catechisms. Um, and, and I, I, the big promise, well, really the bigness of God and his, let and and we having his ear that being such a big thing and um but i but i still had trouble getting into a habit of prayer until i picked up um praying the bible and i started looking for ways to include my bible in my prayer um you were gonna say something go ahead sorry <laughs> i'm sorry i'm i'm I, you're, everything you're saying is making me <laughs> uh making me excited to agree with you and to uh, <laughs> jump in. Uh, um, I, I was, I was going to say that uh, that's one of the reasons. Um, so Donald Whitney was the same person that, <laughs> that mm. helped me in the exact same way with this. It's one of the reasons why um, when I'm in a hurry, I end with a Psalm. It's because the Psalms yeah. are yeah. basically prayers. They are <clears throat> so easy to pray. Yeah. I, 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 I reading the Psalms can get me, into a prayerful attitude yeah. more easily than almost anything else, which is one of the reasons I, I, I absolutely, but do you want to know, but can you guess the reason why, even though I tried to, uh, do his read the Bible or read a prayer, read a Psalm and pray the Psalm. Do you want to guess why I couldn't do that? Because of the imprecatory Psalms. Cause I'm a dog with a bone. I wanted to oh. understand the Psalm. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. wanted to study okay. the Psalm, not pray it. <laughs> Yeah, uh, no, that makes sense. <laughs> and so, and so, I, I, um, every single time I would find myself like, I wonder where the con what the commentaries thought, uh, yeah, when they thought this was written. That's that's the big. By the way, that's the biggest thing for me is I would love to go through yeah. the Psalms with a commentary someday. I've never done it yet because I know yeah. I wouldn't be able to get oh, through dude. it the way that I do if if I pulled out a commentary. I want to cut. I want to take it apart and like figure out authors and do a theology of an author of the Psalms, sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, totally. So what I found really helpful for me is actually, um, and this is a, a, something else that I had been wanting to do for a long time, and uh, I've tried several times, but the problem I, I kept um, falling apart on the, the plan. But I do um, scripture memory is a big practice of mine. Um, I, uh, currently I'm trying to memorize. I basically take, um, one verse a day out of the Psalms. And that's kind of my first verse that I will memorize is, is out of the Psalms. And, and I'm, I'm working through a Psalm at a time, you know, like, so a full, a full Psalm. Once I get to the end of it, I just finished Psalm 90 and I'm starting on Psalm 89 now. And how do I pick the Psalms? I, I pretty much just go to the Keach Catechism and I figure and I try and see what's the next uh, psalm that's cited in the Keach Catechism, and that way I'm kind of picking nice. random psalms. Uh, and then I um, I start memorizing. Um, I start memorizing it verse by verse, uh, one verse a day. Then adding up until I got a full psalm memorized, and I will pray through that psalm as I memorize it, and and I'll pray it over 
myself and over my family. And, um, and then I, the other thing also, I likewise am working through Proverbs. Um, but I'm, I'm, uh, my goal is to memorize the book of Proverbs, but I'm doing it 10 verses a week. So, um, I'm, my goal is I'm, I'm first trying to memorize the first nine chapters, which are one, um, full, uh, which call it a, a collection like that. They are actually sequential. Like the sequence matters in, in Proverbs one through nine. And then once I get through that, I'm going to jump to like 22 halfway through there's, there's kind of that introduction to the second set that there's like seven verses that are sequential. I'm going to try and catch all of the sequential Psalms or that song Proverbs. And then um, in the meantime, I'm adding two standalone Proverbs a week and i'm just the way i'm picking them is i'm just i'm reading a chapter on monday picking two proverbs memorizing those two proverbs and then going over them all week um if you follow me on twitter i will share one of the proverbs i'm working on memorizing uh most days um i'll, I'll share it and, and if i've got some thoughts I'll, I'll share some of those um, so like this week I'm memorizing, uh, a couple song, a couple Proverbs out of 20, uh, Proverbs 22. I'm going to get started on that tomorrow. Um, so I start the, the standalone Proverbs on Monday, and then I'll add up the sequential Proverbs throughout, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And, um, and that's kind of, um, my, I'm also, this is a partial, memorization partial study i'm doing on deuteronomy very slowly because i'm convinced that it, um if you want to understand the rest of the bible you need to understand deuteronomy like it's a it, it is a key to understanding the rest of the bible like people always ask me like why deuteronomy whenever i tell them that like well because deuteronomy is the perfect summary of exodus leviticus and numbers um it is the it is the law by which actions are judged from Joshua to second Kings. Um, it is the main law that the prophet, that the prophets kept calling Israel back to. It is the book that Jesus quotes uh, quite frequently. And so it, I just, if I'm convinced to understand the rest of the Bible, I need to understand Deuteronomy. So I'm working on understanding Deuteronomy. <laughs> um, and, but then I, um, I picked up this book. Actually, my uh, my lead pastor gave it to me, and this is excellent. Uh, Be thou my vision, a liturgy for daily worship by Jonathan Gibson. I started working through this. Um, what's so great about this is it is the first part is kind of like a um, explanation of like uh, why daily worship. Explanation of daily worship in scripture, in pra uh, structural format for daily worship, like how worship should be structured and stuff like that. And then from the the second part on, it is uh, 31 days worth of daily worship. So like, um, like a scriptural call to worship, it alternates between Old Testament and New Testament. Um, a song of adoration, the day 1-7 or 1-8- 15 22 29 like the the sevens the 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 first of the week things um is uh pray is the the doxology 
Um, there's a reading of the law, and there's seven law readings that it cycles between. And so it's a lead into a confession of sin. And for that, for that or the daily adoration, it is a uh, a prayer from some either a prayer book or from an old saint. Um, it comes with an assurance of pardon. It cycles through the creeds in a really cool way. Um, it start like he's got a chiastic structure to the creeds, where on day one you do Apostles Creed, day two Nicene, day three you do part one of the Athanasian Creed, which that's one of the creeds that I think we could do with more of. Day so you got part one, part two, part three on days three through five, and then day six you come back to the Nicene, day seven you come back to the Apostles Creed, and then you restart. Um. And so, like, it's it, it, then then included in that is a catechism, a time for catechism, which either you can use his uh, in the appendices he has, um, the Heidelberg and Westminster, or what I do is I go through the Keech Catechism. I'm kind of gradually memorizing and and thinking through um, a catechism a day. Um, and then also he's got a prayer of illumination, and then a time for scripture reading, where I um. This is what I'm doing this week. Uh, what I am doing this week, or not this week, this year. So I'll come back to that. Sorry. Then it ends with a prayer of intercession and including a section for further petition. So you can fill in your own petitions and it's ordered in personal church and world. And then you finish with the Lord's prayer. Um, but for the scripture reading, um, what I'm doing because he also has in the back of his in the back of the book his appendices are really good is he's got a um a, the daily reading from the uh Mer robert murray mcshane reading plan which includes reading from four parts of the bible uh and you should read the whole bible in a year or the new testament twice the new testament twice the old testament once uh in a year and this is where patrick shamed me into something so i like you jeff tend to just read very intense portions uh small portions but i don't think about oh maybe shame is too strong of a word but i don't read long portions very often but one thing that he had he had talked about was like reading like listening to the bible and um and so what i decided i'm going to do this year and i am on target to actually do it I'm going to attempt to listen to the Bible uh, four times in a year, all the way through. So I've I've divided the McShane reading plan into um, so that I get through the whole McShane reading plan on one level per month. So like the first reading, which is all the Old Testament readings, then the second reading being all the the rest of the Old Testament readings. So that's in two that's in two months. And then the New Testament in one month. So in three months, and so by the end of this month, and I'm on task to do it, I will have read through the whole, or listened to the whole Bible um, using um, the Hear the Word um, on on uh, Audible. Uh, and I'm I'm just I'm listening to the whole thing, and my goal is to listen to the whole Bible in four times. And um, but because my mind wanders, I keep my Bible open. And so I'm not necessarily reading along with it, but I'm checking. I'm making sure I'm, I'm trying, making sure that I turn pages when they get to the next section because that keeps me uh, 
focusing on on the the passage that I'm listening to. And so um, my goal is to listen to the whole Bible four times this year, uh, and uh, and and it's it, it it's amazing how doing so has um, caused me to notice things. Like I'm I'm noticing the prophets. Like I don't really read the prophets. I don't do that very much, and I I wish I did. And so I'm, I'm noticing the minor prophets, things in there. Like Amos um, really has a, uh, a, a, no, a, he has a tone problem. You know, he's not really, uh, he's, he's not very gracious, not very nuanced, uh, not very winsome. Like he, <laughs> I'm, but I'm noticing things like, man, the, the, some of the, some really great parts. I even made a note in uh, sometimes and a couple times in the discord, like this is a note to self to come back to uh, Ezekiel. What is it? 38 <laughs> and, and realist and, and do a study on it. Um, because I was like, this is interesting enough, but I, but I don't want to break my habit. And I want to come back to it someday, you know. Our our, our mutual Twitter friend uh, at Deep Brian Rhodes did a sermon series on Ezekiel thirty eight that was fantastic. Oh, um, okay. So uh, it was, I think, right before he got married. So about a year ago. Nice. <laughs> That'd be cool. Uh, and but yeah, um, I recommend this wholeheartedly. Sorry, it's upside down now. Um. And it's got this beautiful, like, slip. It's it's kind of, um. Uh, this is, and to be clear, this is not a dust cover. It's a very different thing. Um. So this this is acceptable. This is classy. And, dust covers are and worthless. We, and Annoying. we lost our listener. <laughs> well our but, listener. Yeah, those are those are those are kind of my disciplines because, like I said, I I found that I need to. Um, prioritize prayer um, or I don't ever get to it um, and I become just kind of a all intake no um, no speech with the Lord like no no communion it's all just kind of intellectual interaction but yeah so two two things that that makes me want to add first of all Keech Keech was the one who unlocked for me um, just by going through and, and the way he defended um, these four things, uh, um, word, prayer, baptism, and communion are the four means of grace and, and, and how he unpacked what that actually means um, unlocked for me that these are the four things by which yes. Jesus has promised yes. to apply his grace to me. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that he's not going to do it any other way, but these are the four ways I can know he's going to do it. Yeah. And so and and so I need to be immersing myself in <laughs> in one of them literally. Um and in the other and the other three figuratively. Um <laughs> <laughs> um, um, uh, yeah and and um um and even even baptism even though you only do it once lord willing um uh <laughs> to um to be constantly aware of the significance yeah. of that is that yes. i have been baptized i have i have yes. died to self and been raised in newness yes. of life i am a new creation i am I am a I am marked out as one of God's people. Yes. Um uh 
and uh, and so um but but especially what that really the 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 main function of that was cuz i don't know growing up like southern baptist i i was i was pretty convinced about the means of grace although i wouldn't have used those words mm-hmm. of of the word i was pretty convinced about the means of grace um although i wouldn't have used that word of baptism it really elevated for me prayer and communion yeah in a big big way um yeah yeah sorry go ahead yeah no 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 go um <laughs> yeah and and so and so that uh um so so that's what that's what really I, I had a very similar experience to you actually is what the, is the Keech catechism is what convinced me to elevate my view of those two means of grace. And then yeah. Donald Whitney came along and helped me actually get yeah. better at it. And then yeah. I've been reading, um, I've been reading um, enjoy your prayer life by Michael Reeves and uh-huh. a call to extraordinary prayer um, by Steve nation. This uh, I've, I've I've been reading both of them this year, both as you can see, mercifully short books um, for 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 those of us who are busy, um, and um, uh, and both very heavily saturated in uh, the Acts of the Apostles, which is the uh, which is the book of the Bible that we're going through as yeah. a church right now, um, and yeah, um, and so. Uh, so that that's been really helpful too. But really, I mean, that's yeah. it, for me too. It started with Whitney, and then the other thing I was going to say is the challenge that I've laid out for myself this year. But it's not starting on January first. I didn't. I didn't. I never told myself that I was going to start on January first um, because I I have a big project that I'm that I'm working on right now, and I wanted to I, I wanted to start this when I had had more time to do a little more time to devote to it, which is probably June. Um, but, um, but anyway, is um, uh, the, the uh, is because I, I also, I noticed that, um, well, I wasn't doing a lot of Bible memorization. I did a lot of Bible mem- memorization when I was a kid. Um, I've, I've tried to minimize, memorize catechisms and confessions and stuff like that as an adult but i haven't done a ton of bible memorization as an adult uh until my kids started doing bible memorization Mm. and then i started memorizing with them but i'm like uh, a lot of these a lot of these are passages i already know um i need to do more heavy bible memorization for myself and i thought and i thought and i also still i still want to be reading I still want to force myself to read big swaths of scripture. Yeah, yeah. So the challenge I gave myself this year, and um, if and and you you uh, you all you in this Bible study can hold me accountable, starting starting Don't on Canada more. Day, starting on July first. If I haven't if I haven't started, I I'll, I might start before then. But if I haven't started by July first, then I'm breaking my promises to myself. Um, is uh. uh is uh, that uh, I'm going to I'm, I'm going to try to read entire books of scripture 
decide from the entire book of scripture, one verse from that book that can stand in as a thesis statement for that book, memorize that verse, and then, and then be able to rattle off Genesis with a verse from Genesis that is a thesis statement for Genesis, Exodus with a verse from Exodus that is a thesis statement from, for Exodus, and so on, to where I can quote a verse of the Bible from each book of the Bible that tells you what the book is about, that, oh. that encapsulates, encapsulates what the book is about. And I feel like I feel like if I can do that, that will be like a peg to hang yeah. a lot of other uh I'll, yeah. I'll be able to easily that'll give me a framework to be able to easily yeah. memorize more scripture and 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 remember more about how a book holds together um if yeah. i give myself both of those so so that's my that's the challenge i gave myself this year i'm gonna cool. i'm gonna work on that and see i think i think it's i think it's doable but um yeah i i, I haven't started yet well, um, two, first, two things. Um, that sounds great. Um, first, um, a couple things that key that the Keach Catechism really unlocked for me, besides prayer, um, the preaching of the word. I was struck by when when in, when talking about the word it says the how is the re, how is the word of God made effectual to salvation? Um, is the question, and I said the reading of the word, but especially the preaching of the word. Mm-hmm. And I remember like that alone, like I said, I stopped and went, wait, hold up. <laughs> because I realized I'd always had it backwards. Like the point of preaching was so that I read my Bible better. You're teaching me how to read my Bible so that when I read the Bible, that's better. But like they said, the reading, but especially the preaching of the word. Like that there's a special blessing of the spirit on the, the preaching of the scripture in the community worship service. Right, like that, that, that blew my mind, and it changed the way I understand preaching, and it changed the way I approached preaching myself, and the way I approached hearing the word preached. Like I'm just here for a blessing. I'm not just taking in information um, so that I can read my Bible better. I'm expecting the Lord to do something special in this work of preaching. Um, and the other thing that really blew my mind about the, that the Keach Catechism is when it goes to the, um, the the saving graces and it lists sanctification as a saving grace. Like uh, it is a saving, it is an, uh, you know, justification is an act of saving grace wherein we are pardoned by blah, blah, blah. Um, adoption is an act of saving grace, but sanctification is a work of saving grace whereby we are renewed after the whole man according to the image of god and enabled more and more to die to sin and live to righteousness like i started realizing like that's that's what made me realize sanctification is salvation you know like it this is salvation i am being saved in sanctification, not in the same way that justification and adoption is, san- is salvation. Like that's a, uh, an act of salvation from judgment and an act of salvation, uh, ensuring an eternity in heaven, like uh, getting into the, the privileges of adoption also is such a amazing study. 
Um, but that was beyond the catechism. Um, but, but then sanctification is a work of salvation, a work of saving grace that the, that the Lord is saving me, you know, as the hymn says, breaking the power of canceled sin and being cleansed of what I've been forgiven of. And, and, um, and thinking about it that way about like sanctification is salvation. So like it, 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 like we've talked about before, like answering the question of like, so why should I keep, why should I pursue holiness if I'm saved by faith alone? Because sanctification is salvation. It is it is salvation by which it is the salvation by which God keeps you in your faith. It is a salvation by which he proves your faith for those times when you're doubting. It's it's salvation by which he frees you from that which holds you back from full commute, uh, fuller deeper communion with God and it is the 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 process that will be completed and we get to participate in a partial fulfillment of it when we are freed from sin on that day when we die and go to heaven and are perfected in holiness and and uh enabled to live a holy life before god it's just it's a that like is one of the things that normie evangelicalism never taught me like it it laid all of the emphasis of of well, why do i live a holy life because otherwise people won't listen to you when you share the gospel with them well here's the good news i'm also not sharing the gospel with them so i don't have to worry about that like it's gonna damage your witness. Well, I'm not witnessing, so are we good? And 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 <laughs> not even like thinking about like uh, sanctification as wanting to see growing in holiness. It, part of that is wanting to see the unbeliever come to faith. Um, and thinking like, well, so why do you not want to be saved from the power of sin? Like, why do you not want a closer communion with God? Then can you be certain that really your what you have is faith in God. If you don't want to be with him, then what, what is, what are you even doing? Like This is what believers do. They are saved. They are being saved and they will be saved. That's the whole package. We get through union with Christ and, and sanctification is a big part of that. Um, and second of all, that's, that's one second. Do you know what, uh, you know, um, you're talking about um, uh, those two books that you're reading that are really like worth soaking in, and they're soaked with the axe. You know, you know what else is another book that I find worth soaking in? The Curse of the Rat King by Paul Thompson, Drosselmeyer. That close at hand, as it turns out. That's um, right. I <laughs> am at chapter twenty-one. I and that means we are like five, six chapters, including this one. So five chapters after this one away from finishing the book. And we are in conversation now about what book we're going to read next. Um, we think we have an idea. We're going to, we're going to think on it. Um, but uh, we have a lead on what we're going to read next, but for now we are still reading this. And I also wanted to, to flash on the screen. What else I'm reading? Because um Conversations with Paul and with um, the questions of Katie have uh, room uh, that she asked us for our AMA have kind of sparked me being like, I need to get back into fiction. And so I'm currently reading besides curse of the rat King. Um, I, I started reading Dune, the, the, the sci-fi I've, classic. I've heard about that one. And um, they say it's kind of like, this is 
to sci-fi in many ways from what i understand this is the sci-fi yeah. what tolkien is to lord of the or to fantasy and so like i thought if i'm going to give sci-fi a fair shake i, I kind of need to start with this and so i've kind of been um been been trying to read this and honestly i'm reading it so slowly because there's so many like honestly there's so many words that i have to look up because not only is he inventing a language and concepts it seems like like all these 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 words that i've never heard of before so i have to google them and figure out now is this a a dunism <laughs> like is this something from inside his world that I, that i just that i don't know what it is yet or is this just a word that i don't know yet because also like he's just got such a phenomenal vocabulary um and then i'm still working through um jim butcher's resin files but this is a reread so um i just i'm i'm reading this through in addition to curse of the rat king and uh so that's that's I I am taking the um, exhortation to heart uh, that um, from both uh, Ms. Ro Mrs. Room and uh, Mr. Thompson have given me to to read more fiction and to to do more of that and so um, chapter twenty one holy stinking cow this was wild so information overlord overload and I, like i'm already noticing like i'm at the point in in the book where i cannot give away too much information we're getting toward the end i don't we're, we're getting into significant spoiler territories like i might just spoil the whole book if i give too much information away but basically to start with um he comes to find uh find out secrets from marzi for one thing he comes to find out that not only uh well, he comes to find out not only does Marzi like him back, but she had been sicked on him by her master as a spy to begin with. She, the, their whole relationship was founded on a lie that he, uh, she was supposed to make him like her and get information out of her about his master because her master not a nice guy or not sorry nice girl i've been i've been picturing is her name is hanja and i've been picturing it as a guy but apparently it's a girl and um i feel like i should have caught that um that that all of the apprentices and masters are, are gender are the same gender so now i'm feeling a little foolish that i've been picturing as a hanja as a guy the whole time but yeah i believe you've done a russophobia there but it's okay because that's trendy right now uh, why is it a Russophobia? Isn't that a Russian name? Hanja, I th I thought it was more. Um, I don't know. Maybe it is. Maybe maybe not. But I thought that was I thought that was a. It could be. Um, now now I'm second guessing everything. Literally everything. Uh, but he discovers this because she's come to school, beaten and bruised and broken. And uh, Fritz uh, comes up and finds out this is why. It's because after he kissed her, she went back to her master and told her, told her that she would not spy for her anymore. Because Marzi loves Fritz. 
And so that's a ma- that that's a big moment. The will they won't they is moving further to the will the the they will um area. But then after that, he goes away to Baroda because he's going to tell her, him what happens and he finds him drunk as a skunk. And he is falling over because um Fritz speaking about Perrin has dragged up old feelings for him and he is um and he is just drunk as heck. Um, but he's trying to find... Um, uh, he, he needs to talk to him about stuff. But then in the process, he hears a person, the, the general who Baroda is um, teaming up with, calling for him, saying he's under attack. And he says, they've taken my... They're attacking my men. They're burning my house. They've taken Alexi. He paused. They've taken France. So this is the general who Fritz's brother has gone to stay with. And they've taken him. And so Fritz jumps out and he's gonna, he jumps into action. And he said, decides, he, because he knows this general was uh, keeping an eye on the, uh, the, uh, the, the, the orphanage that Fritz and France grew up in. He decides to start there and he meets one of his old tormentors at the orphanage. And um, let's just say he gets even. But if you want to know what that's what that's like, grab yourself a copy. Curse of the Racking. It is getting so good. Why haven't you bought your copy yet? It doesn't make sense to me yet. It doesn't make sense to me why you haven't grabbed a copy of this. Um, you might ask, you know, honestly, you've probably been listening to some uh, modern praise songs that say the Lord takes away your guilt and shame, but I'm bringing them back. You are should feel guilt and shame for not having picked up Curse of the Rat King. Go grab it. Drosselmeyer, Curse of the Rat King. And uh, if you grab it, you can uh, you can catch up with us in time for finishing the book if you read it really 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 fast. So, <laughs> okay, while you were doing all that, I researched the name Hanja. Okay, there we um, go. And and uh, and I was wrong. It is not a a uh, Russian given name, um, but I believe it's a play on words where it's both supposed to be. Um, the Russian name Anya and the uh, the writing system for Korean names, which is Hanja. So I think uh, I think this is one of Paul's little clever play uh, words where I think I think it's I think it's probably Anya is how mm. it's pronounced. Um, and okay. but it's spelled Hanja like the uh, well. like the Korean writing system. We'll have to ask him sometime. Uh, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's uh but yes. It's but it's getting so good. Go grab a book. Go grab a book. Um we finished our AMA, but we said we're gonna sprinkle AMAs as we go um through the rest of the episodes. And preambling is a good time for that. And so we're gonna drop an AMA. We're gonna answer one of the questions from Patrick's AMA list. Uh, right now, we're going to try and do it very quickly. So the question he asks um, 
is what has been the biggest shift or thing learned in the last year, either religiously or politically. And I think he means within the course of the podcast that we have, um, what is the, the biggest shift that we've learned in the last year, the year of our podcast, um, religiously or politically. Um, Jeff, could you go first? I, I'm still thinking. Sure. Okay. <laughs> sure. Um, okay. So for me, um, it would be, it would be a political answer and, and, and uh, perhaps unsatisfying because I'm going to say it was a big shift in that over the last year, I became more despairing of uh, the possibilities for liberty in Canada. Mm. Um, and then over the last two months, much more <laughs> hopeful uh, uh, of, of those chances. So I'm mm. maybe almost back where I was. I, I would have I made the case a year ago um maybe less so a year ago because we were already a little into covid but but two years ago for sure um well we were a year into covid a year ago. uh but um <laughs> but uh two years ago for sure i would have made the case that that i thought the hopes for liberty were greater in canada than than the united states and that and that um uh and that there were there were some there were some structural and some underpinnings of of liberty in Canada that I thought were extremely overlooked and and some of the national psyche uh, that I thought was extremely overlooked um where when I, you know Canadians are 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 so obsessed with uh defining themselves as not American um uh, uh that uh that i think i think it has been easy to miss how much of a um how much of a tradition a heritage of of liberty we have here and how much of a uh a thirst and a a um uh and and a desire for liberty um we have here and i really felt ashamed for having thought that <laughs> at certain points over over the last really over the last year in the first in the first year of the pandemic it was less it, it i felt less that way because because it was new because i could understand why people were scared because especially in those first weeks but but in the uh um but even in even in the first few months i can i can understand the reaction, um, hey, maybe we shouldn't have had government control of healthcare in the first place, but since we do, let's not crash our healthcare system, which is the fifth of a, a fifth of the size of Alabama's healthcare system, um, despite having the same population and being a lot richer than Alabama. Um, let's not crash our healthcare system and, and 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 then maybe we can talk about whether it should be run by the government. Um, uh, but that was um, that was I, I felt totally rational at the beginning. Um, I grew more and more despairing of when are people going to um, 
when are people going to wake up here? But then um, we went from being way more locked down than any U.S. state to, to being way less locked down than any blue state, let's put it that way, um, and, and probably less locked down than some red states. Um, and uh, in, a, in a very short period of time, because people had finally had enough. And, and obviously the great honking was a big part of that, but it wasn't just, it wasn't just that. I mean, there's, there've been a lot, there's been a lot of stuff going on where I think Canadians have shown um, that we have more of a capacity to push back against this stuff than one would have assumed over the past two years. So, so there's my possibly unsatisfying answer. Cause I came back, too close to the same position I would have held, but, um, but, uh, but it's, it's definitely, that's definitely been a lot of, a lot of change. And, and it's, I've, I've learned a lot about, about the, how, how the push for Liberty will look in Canada um, over, over the past year. So. Yeah. I've made a lot of shifts over the last year. Um, it's hard to pick one and it's hard to pick one that I, I feel like I'm comfortable speaking publicly <laughs> um, because some of them are shifts I'm still going through. Um, one of the things, you know, like I've, uh, I would say one big thing is um I always, I already was uncomfortable with the social justice woke stuff. I'm becoming more and more, I guess you could say, theologically radicalized against their rationality. Um, I've started doubting the possibility, and this is maybe both political and theological, but the possibility of their being able to be reasoned with. Like I, I, I'm losing confidence that these are good faith actors. Um, and I don't know if that's a political, cultural, theological thing, but I'm, I'm, I'm losing confidence in there being good faith actors, not by, by which I don't mean your neighbor who's a little into social justice, who's not sure because they've heard, they heard their favorite pastor talk about it. I mean, the favorite pastor, I think. And Bob the tomato. And Bob's. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, and so I have become somewhat radicalized against Big Eva in the last year. Um, what what you've been seeing me go through on air with the evangelical downgrade, in many ways, is a new thing. Like I've I've been saying kind of broadly. I wanted to be part of TGC before. Um, but maybe what you haven't seen is that that's within a couple, that's within a couple of years that I've started souring on the, the big Eva evangelical young wrestlers reform thing. And really in the same, um, and I, I actually do credit the podcast restless, which we, um, we just got done inter uh, not an interview, but it was kind of a convert having a conversation with one of the the hosts of that podcast. Um, if you're watching live, you saw it. If you're if you're watching 
as this comes out on Monday, uh, it's coming out this fr- this Thursday. Um, it's a great conversation. Um, but they've helped me in many ways kind of um, come up with words to some of these things or or connected me to, to places where I can find words for some of this radicalization. Um, but it's it, it, it's it's more than just I think they're wrong. I'm starting to wonder if they are subversive. Uh, um, intentionally so, um, or or if they were ever really worth respecting. Um, one of the things that someone has pointed out is like, well, why a lot of people are shocked by their 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 um that that solid pastor that they used to listen to sermons to is now going for this woke ideology. And he's like, well, there's a simple answer for that. It was cool to have sound doctrine three years ago. It was, it was cool to have reformed ish theology three years ago. It's cool to be woke now. I was just like, wow, that is incredibly disheartening, <laughs> but probably right. You know, like I, I just, I, that, that like, it almost hurt. It like kind of deflated me and which, and I was already radicalizing, but just still reading that just kind of like deflated me of like this thing that I thought was so mind bendingly beautiful and new and exciting that changed everything for me. Like it was just a trend to them and it, it hurts to realize that that's probably right. Um, and, and, and so like, it's one of those things just like that learning that people are not, maybe bad faith is overstating it, but, and let's just say they're not good faith actors. They're not just looking for the truth. They, when, when, what's the truth, when, what's the, the truth that they're discovering happens to be the direction that all of culture is going. You have reason to be suspicious right and that's how that's how people can be subversive of an institution without intentionally being like it's not unintentional but they're not they're not they're not twirling their mustache in in the back room and rubbing their hands together um and uh um and reveling in how they're subverting whatever institution that um they can believe themselves to be acting in good faith but are just so poisoned by the toxic culture that they don't realize that they're being subversive that's so the the it it's and and i think that's that's absolutely going on and we have to leave open the possibility that something more sinister, even than that. You don't end up at Davos if you're not. If, that's if you're just following. That's trends. the one that makes that. That's that's and, exactly uh, what I was thinking of when I, I was. I feel like I'm that. outing. I feel like I'm outing. But so I was actually talking to Matt before we went on, and he was talking about how when he when he found out that that uh. I forget if this was, in, I don't Rick think this Warren. was in the article, but it was something he found out later that like Rick Warren was there to speak to religious leaders. And he was like, um, 
I'm going to have to see a list of those religious leaders. He wasn't just yeah. invited there. There were people there intentionally that he was there to teach. I'm going to yeah. need to see the list. Megan Basham, if you are listening to this podcast, we're going to need to see that list. If you could do your thing, I'll tell you what, she's awesome. I am oh. so glad that this article came out so that we could all discover her. She's amazing. Talk about a dog with a bone. She's she's killing it out there. She, she's doing great. Uh, but yeah, we're going to need to see that list of of religious leaders and Christian leaders at Davos that Rick Warren was there to speak to. We're going to need to see that list. If you can find it, and I know you can. I believe in you. Anyway. Isn't it, isn't yeah. it sad, though, that it, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy it's her. I like, I like her a lot. Isn't it sad that there isn't an elder in the Christian church who is doing this at, at the same, I, I know plenty are, I'm not saying that someone has to do it. it and, and so, so in a sense, in a sense, I'm refuting myself here because, because of course there are plenty of elders who are doing this, but not publishing it in the daily wire. They're doing it for their own church. They are, they are teaching sound doctrine, refuting those who contradict. Um, even when those who contradict are the biggest names in evangelicalism and they're doing a great job in their local church and 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 we don't have to know their names and it's fine but you would think that if enough people were doing this one of them would blow up and we would have found out about them <laughs> from just their regular practice of doing this because they would have exposed some things like this you know what? That triggers something that has been a change for me in the last year. Um, so in the episode that's coming out this Thursday, uh, Matt asks us, we walked through the Westminster Confession of Faith, and I, I kind of chimed in with what the LB uh, 1689 um, adjusts. Um, it's not a ton, but we didn't get into the territory where we really had disagreement between the two confessions. Um, but... Uh, he asked at one point, like, can a Christian pursue uh, participation in the civil magistrate um, without being in sin? And I wouldn't a year ago, I wouldn't have said no. But what I might have said is like, no, or I mean, sorry, I wouldn't have said no. I would have said yes, but I don't think that's the best thing to do. I don't think that's the best way forward in the post COVID world. I have changed my mind on that. And in the post-woke world, I've also changed my mind about whether or not a faithful pastor should seek to claim higher offices within denominations. I would have said, can, if you've asked a similar question, should faithful local pastors just focus on their flock or should they seek higher offices? I would have said, don't seek higher offices. That's not a useful... Uh, that's not a useful way for a pastor to share their to spend their time. Now I have the opposite opinion. Um, faithful pastors need to climb the ranks um, because otherwise we're giving it up to our enemies. And we are now seeing what they will do with that power once they get it. They are here. 
They are destroying our institutions. And unless we get there to take it back, we need more Al Molers. We need more Al Molers in the world. Um, and, the, and I'm only saying this partially because we criticized him. Uh, but we need more Al Molers who are going to take over institutions and transform them for good. Just the rumor of Vody Bauckham has them running scared. Yes. <sighs> we need to do it. We need to get into it. We need to take it. Um, providing we don't descend into COVID tyranny again, he's coming to Calgary um, uh, for a home education conference um, in, uh, in, Lucky. in uh, I think it's 2023. Um, and, uh, and it's, I, I, I'm very, very much looking forward to, the possibility of it. Let's not get too uh, ahead of ourselves. I don't want to but... talk to Vody Balcom. I don't want to have a conversation with him because I know he will see my deepest sin and he will point it out in that conversation. <laughs> and I'm scared of him. I want to breathe the same air as Vody Balcom. <laughs> I, I want to hear him speak and breathe the air that he is breathing. That's what I want. <laughs> You shouldn't be scared of him. I played I played football against people much larger than me because it's mostly people much larger than me who play football. Um and and I was I've never been as intimidated shaking someone's hand as I was when I shook Vody Buckham's hand. I felt I felt that my hand might disappear and never come back from the black hole, which was his hand. Um it was so massive. <laughs> Oh man. Oh <laughs> yes. But before we become a Vody Balcom fan cast, let's quit the preambling and get into the show. Yeah. Thanks for listening to Preambling. To listen to the rest of this episode, tune in to Anarchist Bible Study episode fifty two. Grace and peace. <laughs> was this a one hour preambling? It's amazing. Yes, yes it was. <laughs> Every 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 new every new segment is going to become an hour and a half. We're gonna have an hour and a half preamblings now. Oh boy. No, we are not. Let's get into it. So <laughs> remember when the bonuses were 40 minutes long, Josh? <laughs>